Well, good evening, everybody, and we are back with another episode of Between the Shadows. This is Kara. And this is Kristen. And we are back talking more Dark Shadows. Welcome uh, back. We left off at a pretty intense moment on the last episode um, mm-hmm. where Maggie shows her face for the first time since being pronounced dead. Mm-hmm. And she walks into the blue whale while everybody's there having a drink. And the moment, I mean, I'm still feeling it. Like the the moment is just so intense and it's just so quiet and you can hear crickets. Mm -hmm. Everybody's just speechless looking at her walking in like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And I have to say, this is, it, it doesn't really pertain to the story, but it's a little fun fact. This episode where she walks into the blue whale is our very first color episode yeah, of Dark Shadows. Right. It's very exciting. That's right. Um, and it's funny because this is our first color episode, and then the very next one, we're back to black and white. It's right. just a little bit different <laughs> for me. For a minute, but, it goes back and forth for a minute there. and then. But it's really cool to see everyone in their colorful, colorful outfits. You know, just the previous episode, it's black and white, but the next episode, they're all in the same clothes, but you can tell that Vicky's dress is orange and blue. And right. White. Love it. And like being like a black and white television, like these shows, any show that was black and white back then, like they always talked about how bright of colors they needed them to wear. Yes. On set. So it would come off the camera well in black and white. And even the inside of the old house is pink, you know, that way it shows up on camera. And I just like I this is this is a little bit off topic, but if you watch the old Adams Family show, which was in black and white. If you see the actual colorized picture of it, everything is like lime green and pink uh-huh. and just these very vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell because it's black and white and it looks dark like it's supposed to look. But in order to show up on black and white, you have to have these really funky, The contrast of the yeah. colors just pops off the camera just right. And it goes for any show that we've watched. I mean, God, there's so many shows like I Love Lucy and The Three Stooges Definitely. and Dick Van Dyke. You know, when you see Definitely. them in black and white and then you get to see them in color. It's, it's just a whole other a whole world. new world. It's, it's, I love it. So Dark Shadows is definitely the same way. I I, I loved when they, I mean, I loved it in black and white. I thought the quality was great. Even for the 60s, the quality was great. I think so too. It was very clear. But when you got those colors, it was like a whole new Dark Mm -hmm. Shadows and it was exciting. And even even with the story that's going on, aside from all that, just having it in color was was even more exciting. Yeah. just, just something, just a little bit of trivia. It was so much fun to see it in, in, in color now. But Maggie walks in and she's dazed, and the the whole room just comes to a stop. The music stops playing, and and everyone just stares at her because she's been pronounced dead. That was the whole story that was told all through Collinsport is that Maggie Evans was dead, and yeah. everybody was getting on with their lives. Yeah. And and in she walks in the blue whale, and she's still clutching the doll that Sarah gave her. And she's kind of looking around and look, and she sees Barnabas. And we we've already, we talked about, you know, he keeps pivoting so she doesn't see his face. And she keeps <laughs> pivoting with him and eventually passes out. And, and everybody's, look, you know, they've just seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's probably basically what it was, you know. And There's no other explanation and Barnabas, at this point. When she comes to, Barnabas is always looking for a reason to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, Maggie's like, where is she? Where's the little girl? There was a little girl with me. And, and Burke is like, oh, I'll go look outside. And Barnabas is like, nope, I'll go. Right. <laughs> and she, he was like, there's nobody out there. She's dazed and she can't figure out what's happened to her. She's like, I've been here before. And Vicky's like, yeah, several times. She's like, we're friends, you know, and we're, we're your friends. And, yeah. And, I'm Vicky. Do you remember me? 
Do you right, know who right. I am? And she can't she can't really remember anything. There's so many things going through her mind, she says. And Barnabas eventually he there's been a terrible hoax played on all of us, you know, and, and he's like, I'm gonna go get Sam yeah. and you know, and gives him an opportunity to leave and she looks at him one more time and he looks at her and they lock gazes for a moment and and he turns to walk out and she was like, That face, I know that face. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's Barnabas. You've met him. Yeah, and, and she just she doesn't quite get it right away. So she they take her to Dr. Woodard and Dr. Woodard is, is ecstatic to see her. Surprised because she broke out of Wingliff, but you know, yeah. ecstatic to see her and it's it's that good that he well. it's good that he still had uh, an element of surprise so he didn't yes. give himself away definitely you know definitely and well i mean burke picked up on it anyway he took dr woodard outside and said you knew about this the whole time and he was like yeah yeah i didn't he's yeah. like how dare you keep it from all of us and and he was like well sam and joe knew it was like well they sure put on a good act you know you could have trusted us and and he was like look i couldn't you know it's this, not my place this, this was important and yeah. and you know sorry but it's the job yeah <laughs> and so Vicky's in there talking with Maggie, and Maggie is just one by one quickly remembering what happened to her. I remember this, and I remember this. And just as Julia walks in, she's getting ready to name her captor. Yeah. And and Julia's like, "Stop! Just stop!" And don't and, say another word. Right. And, <laughs> and, and Doctor Woodard leaves the room, and and Vicky leaves the room, and. Julia pulls out her little sparkly pendant that mm-hmm. she uses to hypnotize her. And and when Dr. Woodard comes back in the room, Maggie is herself again, mm-hmm. except she can't remember what happened to her. Yeah. She said the last thing she remembers was going to bed, not feeling good at, at her pops, mm-hmm. and then waking up in, in his office and then coming to his office. And that's the last thing she remembers. And there was weeks in between that. Right. Weeks. Right. And I, I think Dr. Woodard said it was at least a month yeah. ago. She's been missing for almost a month. She's been dead, you know, a couple, a few weeks. And I don't know, the, the terrified look on Barnabas's face, it's like, I'm, I'm about to be found out here. Yeah. <laughs> it just... Then he's n- never more grateful for Julia. Right. She kept her word yeah. and kept her from remembering. Yeah. But she remembered, she, she placed Maggie exactly where she was before Barnabas took her. And... I don't know. I feel like that was kind of a gift that Julia yeah. gave because yeah. it was like Maggie was normal without all this PTSD, mm-hmm. and she 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 remembers her life exactly as it was before Barnabas did anything, which in the long run is probably better. That way, there's not all this therapy that she has to go through, and it keeps Barnabas safe, and it keeps Julia safe while she's doing her experiments. Right, so right. it was kind of a gift, you know. I I, I feel like. Yeah. But Maggie resumes her life as normal as she can. You mm-hmm. know, she still has to stay in the house. She even wants to go back to work. And yeah, she doesn't go back to work. And and at this point, she never goes back to work. She never goes work. back. Nope. She never goes yeah. back. Because Joe and Sam are, are set on keeping her in the house because they want to protect her. They want to make sure because her kidnapper is still out there somewhere. Right. And he's worried that, you know... And he'll come back to finish what he started. <laughs> right. And Maggie doesn't go back to work until later, much later, when she starts governing for the kids. Yeah, she becomes the, the governess house. when uh, when Vicky after Vicky leaves. Yes. Exactly. So I mean, that's the next time Maggie works, and yes. for me, it feels like years in between. Right. Right. <laughs> like so. So yeah, she stays in the house, and Sam and Joe are very adamant about somebody keeping an eye on her at all times. That first night she was home, I don't think they slept. <laughs> there's even there's even police around the house right. at night to make sure nobody gets in or out mm-hmm. unless they're supposed to. Right. So and that's stressful enough in itself with her and she, stressing her out. And she she kind of seems not so worried about 
her protection so much as she is just getting on with her life. You know? Right. She's like, I'm fine. I feel fine. I don't know what happened, but... But can I please just get on back on to life, you yeah. know? Yeah. And she she's sitting reading in her room, and little Sarah walks in. That's right. She leaves her bedroom doors open like she always does. Right. And, and Maggie doesn't know her, and it, it breaks little Sarah's heart. Yeah. And... She was like, I gave you my doll, and you forgot about me anyway. And, and you know, Maggie, she was like, this is your doll? And she's like, yeah, and I want it back. And she gives it to her, and then Sarah vanishes. Mm -hmm. And so Maggie finds the sketch of Sarah and asks Sam, please find her. Please find her. Mm -hmm. She says she knows me, and I, I, don't, I don't know her, but... And Sam explained to her what had happened, and so there's just there's so much more mystery surrounding Sarah as the show as this this part of the show progresses. More and more mystery about Sarah. Right, and, and at Collinwood and everything, all the questions are always at the surface about Sarah. They're always right. interrogating David. Vicky's always talking about who she saw at the old house, mm -hmm. and Sam's talking about yeah, I saw this little girl, and mm -hmm. everybody's been talking about Sarah, asking about Sarah, but she never shows her face really. Right, unless it's to help, you know? Yes, definitely. Because um, she didn't even show up to Sam until Maggie needed her. Right, it was and, like and the last she, moment. She had to recruit Sam's help. Right. You know, so... Exactly. It's like Josette, she doesn't show up until somebody's in trouble. Exactly. So. And Barnabas, of course, comes over to check things out, see if Maggie remembers anything, because Julia assures him she's fine, she doesn't remember a thing. Right. And so he comes over to the cottage to check up on her, and Sam was like, hey, I gotta do go deliver this painting, will you sit with her for a while? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, sure, mm -hmm. you know? And Maggie, Maggie's just all too happy to have company. She's like, I just need to talk to somebody that's mm -hmm. not these two. <laughs> so she mentions to Barnabas that this little girl showed up in her room, and every time that this little girl is mentioned to Barnabas, he gets more and more clues. This sounds like Sarah. This yeah. sounds like Sarah. Yeah. He keeps putting things together and, and describing this little girl who is very much like Sarah, and and he goes back in the middle of the night to to kill Maggie. And just as he's about to put the pillow over her face, he hears the London Bridge is falling down. Yeah. And he's so focused because he hears Sarah's voice and he hears this song. Sarah, where are you? What do you want from me? Mm -hmm. That he just completely forgets that he was there to kill Maggie and he leaves. And once again, Sarah has protected Maggie. Yeah. And I think that Sarah has very much taken on the role that Josette had for so long mm -hmm. in being a protector. We, we've mentioned that before. Yeah. And she's protected Maggie ever since Barnabas locked her up in the subterranean basement of his house. Yeah. And yeah. she saved Maggie's life again this night when Barnabas tried to kill her. So the next day, Burr goes to Liz and asks her, if she would be interested in selling him the Seaview property that Vicky fell in love with. Right. And Liz doesn't hesitate. She's like, I, I don't see why we shouldn't sell it to you. And She's like, Burke has become a good guy again, you know, with right. the Collinses. Right. And Liz is, Liz is actually ecstatic about Burke and Vicky being together. Right. And, eventually being married and she she's happy about it right and she's more than happy to sell the house to Burke after a few questions about like what are your intentions with my daughter <laughs> you know like right, pretty that much. sort of thing that's pretty much it and and Liz just kind of has this look on her face and smiling mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and wants to know is this going where I think it's going and and Burke you know he doesn't come right out and say it but he asks her well do you approve and she says yeah I approve yeah you know and I loved the, I, I love that moment because like like we were saying in previous episodes, like this that was the turning of Burke after the whole blow up with Roger and the yes. call the police. Just yes. say you killed a man. Th that whole moment. 
I think in that moment, Liz proved herself to Burke. It's like, okay, well, she's not like he is. Right. And by the way, this whole time, Roger has not been around. Roger is in Boston. Yeah, he's out of town on business, whatever. Yes. And I just, the the past, the last time I watched this, I realized, well, Roger just hasn't been around for a while. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I, did, I did read, um, speaking of that, I did read that um, typically on each episode of Dark Shadows, there were five characters an episode. Yes, I just watched that on an interview. I think it was with Dennis Patrick, who yeah. played Jason McGuire. Yeah. And he was saying that there's like, typically there's about five characters per episode. So, so like sometimes like a character, like, like Roger, he wouldn't be there for like a week. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes I'm, I, I most of the time I don't notice it, but I kind of wish I didn't know that because now I'm watching. Oh, there's this one, this one, this one, uh-huh. this one, and uh-huh. I'm picking it apart, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just you know enjoying the show as it is. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, um, Burke buying the house and everything, and then he plans like a dinner or whatever with Vicky, like a date night. Um, he does. He comes over. They they sit on the terrace, and he asks. He he pops the question. He yeah. asks her to to marry him. Yeah. And she doesn't say yes right away. Yeah. She, I, I need some time to think about it. And she uses the argument that she feels like she hardly knows Burke and she's not sure she's ready to jump into marriage with a man she doesn't know. And yeah. But eventually she does say yes. Yeah. She, she was like, I, I will take you with your temperament and your and your impatience. She's like, I'll take it all. I'll, I'll, I'll marry you. And with Barnabas being such a close friend of Vicky's, I think they never really touched on it, but I, I I like to believe that in her mind she was still toying with, yes, I love Burke, but Barnabas is like my best friend. Right. Like, like and Barnabas was almost so her soulmate, well. you know, yeah. like, like yeah. he understood her. Yeah. And, you know, I, I believe that you can have true love and a soulmate and they're not the same person. Yeah. I thoroughly believe that. Yeah. And I kind of think that's where we're at, you know, because she and Barnabas shared many of the same interests and the interest in the past and the interest in the family and just being two very tender people, and, two very sensitive people. And, and as much as like when Burke did pop the question to Vicky, she, correct me if I'm wrong, but she eventually like... She felt like she had to tell Barnabas. Yeah. Before she gave Burke an answer. Right. Like, however she was feeling with that. Like, and it was the same thing with Jeff Clark when Jeff Clark asked her to marry him, and she had to go and tell Barnabas first. It's like this is what's going on, and And like Vicky had to have felt something for Barnabas too, because there's obvious an obvious connection. I I absolutely agree. And I think, and we're getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves here, but I think if Peter Bradford hadn't happened, I feel like there could have been a real chance for Vicky and Barnabas. Well, definitely. I mean, they were on their way because it was after, again, we're a little ahead little of ahead ourselves, of but ourselves. on a side note, like it was after Burke had died and she had started to accept it. Right. And her and Barnabas were going to run away together. Right. They got but closer. then, of course, that's when Jeff Clark shows up. Right. So that all changes. Bert, yeah. Burke, but. Burke does eventually, you know, he has a plane crash on the way to Brazil. And then she goes to the past and sees Jeremiah, who looks just like him. Right. And, and all those all those wounds are reopened. And right. then she meets Peter Bradford. And then she loses Peter Bradford because she comes back. And then she's accepted that Peter Bradford has been dead many years because, you know, it's now present time again, 1966. Yeah. But and to even agree to marry Barnabas and quote unquote run away with him, obviously she there was feelings on her end as well. I don't feel like that was complete desperation. I feel like no. there were some feelings. No. I mean, and they had been friends forever. I mean, right. seemed like forever at this right. point. 
they knew each other very well and and it it just it it definitely seemed like a a reasonable so it's, choice yeah, yeah. so yeah. everything milestone and major that happens with Vicky it's like she's got to tell Barnabas yeah definitely like, so i i i like that i like i like their relationship and it was always very pure right and this again you know is where we see that that Barnabas is attracted to Vicky Vicky for Vicky's yeah. sake, not because Vicky is a potential match for Josette. Right. You know, right? He he falls in love with Vicky instead of falling in love. It's like with she's her just like Josette, anyways. Right. Like, exactly. So, and Barnabas even says, you know, you've got to be someone from the present. Well, he's found someone in the present who reminds him of Josette, who who possesses many qualities of Josette, and he's starting to fall in love with her instead of, you know, the way that he fell in love mm -hmm. with Josette, you mm -hmm. know? And and we, we touched on this, too. You know, with Josette, it was more, you know, passion and, and I can't wait to marry you. And, yeah. and you know, and mad I, love. Yeah, but. and it, it wasn't, but to a point, especially when the Dupre's arrived in Collinsport, mm -hmm. it started to feel a little bit like, an arranged marriage. I know it wasn't the story they tell. Right. You know, they met, they fell in love. Right. They were madly in love. I get it. But when they arrived in Collinsport, it's just the way between the Dupre's and the Collinses. It's just like, it felt like arranged marriage. Like, right. keeping the kingdoms to, uh, united. Definitely. <laughs> That's, I mean, they were both rich families. The yeah. Dupre's, I think, were in the sugarcane business. Yeah. And the Collinses had a fishing fleet. And right. it just seemed like a practical And they could, they could potentially, the families work together. Right, you know, exactly. like with the with the ships, they could ship the sugar and you know exactly. stuff like that. So I mean, it almost felt like a royal marriage for it, a minute. It kind of did. You it know. kind of did. And I mean, that's kind of how they portrayed it too. And you know, when things went south, you know, each party wanted to blame the other. Well, this is how you raised your kid. Well, this is how you raised your kid. You right, know, and right. It just it all it all fell apart. But yeah. everyone's happy about the news. Everybody's happy. Liz is ecstatic. You know, Julie is happy. Barnabas is not, of course. Yeah. And the second he hears the news, you know, sh they come into the drawing room and Liz and Julia and Barnabas are all sitting there and they make the announcement to the three of them and Barnabas just goes, Jeremiah, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but then says that he's in favor of anything that will make Vicky happy. Mm -hmm. And then he promptly, immediately asks Julia, how long is it going to take to cure me? How mm -hmm. many more treatments? And, and... Julia picks up on it and knows that he wants Vicky. And yeah, at this point, he's still trying to go through with his plan. Yes. He knows what he's failing, but he's still trying to go through with the plan. Yes. But I think this time he's trying to become human so that he can be with Vicky properly, properly instead yeah. of turning Vicky into what he is. Right. She obviously wants a man. Right. This, a real man. <laughs> this is that, that little piece of him that maybe is trying to get a new normal back instead of his old normal back. And... This is the first time, at least what at least we see, like this is the first woman and maybe the second woman ever that he's fallen in love with after Josette. Right. Maggie didn't really count because he was just trying to get Josette. He wasn't in love with Maggie. He was just trying to make her Josette. Right. But it's like his life was cut so short that like he only had time to fall in love once and that was Josette. Right. Exactly. So now, like you were saying, he, he's falling in love with Vicky and he doesn't want to be, he wants to be who he was mm -hmm. like he doesn't want to be what he is like he wants to feel and to cry again like Th this goes back to the to being a reluctant vampire yeah. he doesn't want to do it yeah and you know there's forces of nature that force him to be evil at some times because he can't help himself right but as a whole barnabas doesn't want this yeah. he doesn't 
he doesn't enjoy his existence the way he is. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's tried to make the best of it, and, yeah. and there's some characteristics there that he that he can't help. But I'm at this up to this point. The only way to be with somebody is to make them what I am. Exactly. exactly. And he's slowly learning with Vicky that it doesn't have to be that way. And with the help of Julia, exactly. it doesn't have to be this way. Exactly. And that's the turning point for his thinking process, I think. Absolutely. So, I agree. So. so this pissing contest that we mentioned before between Barnabas and Burke yeah. continues even more. I mean, Barnabas is bound to determine that this wedding between Burke and Vicky is not going to happen. Yeah. That's why he wants to, you know, speed up the treatments and get this done, you know, so that he can be human and try to get on with his life and win Vicky's love, you know, because he's sure that he can love Vicky better than Burke can. Yeah. And I just, I have this conflict in my spirit when I watched this because from the very beginning I loved Burke oh yeah I wanted him to get his revenge I wanted him to I wanted to see the things in Burke's past made right Right. I I wanted him to succeed I wanted him to be happy and get what he wanted right and it was easy to feel that way I think for me at least um, because they made like Roger was like at that point the only other major male character Mm -hmm. and they just made you they, they just made you hate him yeah. So it's like, because of course you want... such a dirtbag. Yeah. So it's like, well, screw him. I was like, I like Burke. Right. Like, he's just back to get justice. That's right. all. <laughs> and, and, and Roger royally screwed him over. And it was like, well, you know what, Roger? I think you deserve right. this, you know? And even up to this point, Roger still isn't very likable. Right. And like, he's not even there right now. Right. He's he's getting there, and he's not he's not quite the father that David needs, but mm-hmm. he's got Vicky and he's got Liz, and mm-hmm. he's got, you know, and he's got Burke. You know, mm-hmm. he still has Burke. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, um, and up until we go back into the past, that's kind of when we get Louis Edmonds back on the show. Right. Because he's playing Joshua. Right. So, and then... That's when I really started to like him when he wasn't yes. even Roger. Like, Louis Edmonds played the perfect, rich, pompous old man. Yeah. He just did. Yeah. He was so good at it. <laughs> he, and Alexandra Mulka, who plays Victoria Winters, actually commented on it. It was like, sometimes Louis Edmonds' character was so cold and so mean, but he was just the sweetest mm-hmm. man ever. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and I just had so much conflict when, when this was happening, you know. And, but <laughs> it was just funny to listen to her tell the story. But, but it just shows shows how great they are how, what how they did. versatile how yeah it just and it's, how they really incredible. embrace these characters like they were really freaking them i eccentric characters. like it, it was it was wonderful if i'm sitting there <laughs> believing this story exactly you're doing your job right exactly so <laughs> so my the other side of this conflict is that now that barnabas is here i really like barnabas too yeah you know and i want barnabas to get what he wants yeah and now they're competing and competing and competing for Vicky's affection. And it gets to the point where Bert gets Blair to run a background mm-hmm. on Barnabas. And Barnabas has already, like, there's this scene where they're trying to dig into each other's past and nope, neither one of them are giving any answers. And Burke has the means to run a background check, so he does. And... Barnabas has told him, I lived with a cousin in England. I didn't have any friends. His name was Niall Bradford. And... Blair comes back to Burke and says, there is a Niall Bradford, but he hasn't lived in over 130 years. (laughs) And so this just 
sets Burke off and he goes off doing his own little investigation, talking to Dr. Woodard, talking to Maggie, yeah. talking to Barnabas himself and Willie and trying to figure out because now he suspects that Barnabas is the one who captured Maggie, but he has absolutely zero proof about it. I think really he's just wanting to get, find something on Barnabas to yeah, get him out of the picture. <laughs> to tell Vicky to steer her away from Barnabas. Right, exactly. Yeah. It was kind of the same thing that he did with Jason McGuire and Liz, but he had reason with That was Jason. for a good cause. Yes, that was for a good cause. This is not, <laughs> not for Barnabas, please. <laughs> this is just selfish, man. So, <laughs> so but, but now it's like, I want Barnabas to be protected, and I want Barnabas to get what he wants, so it's kind of like... It's like, are you making Burke the bad guy again? Yes, and now Burke yeah. is the bad guy again, and I'm like, okay, my head, my emotions, <laughs> stop it. Right. But that's kind of where I'm at with that, and I want Julia to cure Barnabas so that he can have an... A, actual full happy life yeah. Vicky finds out from Barnabas that Burke has run a background on him and she just she's livid yeah and she goes to Burke and says look if this is how marriage is going to be I don't want to marry you mm-hmm. and I will call off this engagement if you don't stop mm-hmm. so he's my friend cut it out so Vicky yeah Vicky was like he's my friend he's always been kind to me he's always been good to me how dare you and Basically, Vicky stops him dead in his tracks, and Burke can't get any further because he wants to marry Vicky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Vicky saved him on that front too. So this just goes in again to talk about how Vicky actually feels about Barnabas. Yeah. You know, she's very close with him, and she's fond of him. It's yeah. not just—I don't think it's just what he can provide about Josette that she's interested in. I think he—I think she genuinely cares for him as a person. Right. And to go so far as to tell the man she loves, stop picking on him or we're through. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like solidarity, you know? I mean, yeah, she's got her girlfriends. She's got, I mean, Maggie's going through some shit right now, and Carolyn, you know, she's just around, you know? She's around. But, like, when her and Barnabas met, I mean, it's just that connection you can't deny, that they feel like they've known each other forever. And right. And they have the same interests, and... And they connected almost immediately. Yeah. So, and I mean, like... I just, even between all the girls, it's like Barnabas is like her best friend. Right. Exactly. So. And I just, I don't know. I could go on and on about Vicky and Barnabas's relationship because I love it so much. Yeah. And I, that was one of those moments that made me cry when Vicky left and, and Barnabas was just so heartbroken over it. And yeah. I mean, again, getting ahead of ourselves, but you know, at the end when she didn't have Jeff anymore because Jeff was actually Peter Bradford and you know, he was like, just come away with me. Let me love you. Yeah. You know, I, I'll yeah. treat you so good. And yeah. even at that point, she has to say no because it's not fair to Barnabas because she's in love with Jeff, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know. It just, it was heartbreaking. And, and I know we've gotten off on a bunch of bunny trails tonight, but I love really delving into every little detail yes. and scene in this show. That This is it, the highlight of my week, you guys. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> So bunny trails, you, you have to just to delve into it and Definitely. really dissect it, and I I love doing that. Definitely, and um, we would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think. We'd love to yeah. talk about it too with you guys yeah. and talk about it on the show. And again, any, any ideas that you want to hear us talk about or you want to discuss, just let us know. Yeah, we'd be happy to happy to have your comments on the show and yeah. read them out loud for our audiences. It'd be great. So. 
But with all the bunny trails, um, we are out of time for this evening, yes. so we are going to save it for next week. Yes. So, um, yeah, next week I guess we'll talk about more of Sarah and Julia poking and prodding and asking a lot of questions to the Collinses. You know, really, really David, because David has seen Sarah. He's played with Sarah. Mm -hmm. And David, like he did with Jason, he'll um, show Julia, like, the family Bible, mm -hmm. like, the history and everybody's portraits and the information because that's what she's there for, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we get into that, and I believe we'll even get to the point where um, Sarah actually shows up to Barnabas. Barnabas yes. actually gets to talk to Sarah. Yes. And that's a pretty pivotal moment There's a lot Barnabas. of good things coming up, and so and we'll save them for next week. And yeah, it'll be a fun one next week. More bunny trails next week, guys. Yes. Can't wait. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, I guess until then, guys, uh, we're going to get to work for next week and um, let's just keep it between us and the shadows, all right? Have a great night. Good night. For most men, time moves slowly. Oh, so slowly. They don't even realize it. But time has revealed itself to me in a very special way. Time is a rushing, howling wind that rages past me withering me into a single relentless blast and then continues on. I have been sitting here passively, submissive to its rage, watching it work. Listen, time, howling, withering. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.